Odd Man Rush Podcast, featuring Sean, Matt, and Ryan. the odd man rush podcast for leafswire.com uh this is matt and Antonio joined by sean callahan and ryan Rusudo. and the leafs are are off and running on their 2011 2012 season with two home wins against division rivals two nothing against montreal on thursday night and then a six five oh that was an interesting game saturday night at home to the ottawa senators sean and i were there and Sean, we were sitting up in uh, in our brand new season seats in section three twelve, and feeling pretty good about ourselves after forty minutes, and then kind of went downhill from there. Yeah, they looked great for the first forty minutes, or it took them a couple minutes to get into the game, but halfway through the first day, they really turned it on, and their best players were playing like their best players, and and they looked really solid until the third period, and a couple uh, penalties and a little bit of momentum shift allowed for. Ottawa to jump back into the game, uh, so it was a little a little unnerving to say the least. But I guess uh, I I was feeling pretty relieved at the end of the game when they when they ended up getting the two points. But I know Ryan just talking to him previously uh, was more angry. Yeah, no, and you know it's not too often you feel angry after a Leafs win, but uh, it, it's not. I, I think it was more stress than anything. You know, seeing them go up like that, they you know, did they get lazy? Did they? I think they got more comfortable than anything. And uh, you know, to allow a team to come back, uh, you're always going to question that. But uh, I thought Kessel played a very good game, and uh, I think he was well. He was the reason you know they were able to come away with that win. Yeah, I mean, it, to, for one to see him get his first hat trick as a Leaf was pretty cool, and it, it was almost surprising that it took him that long, but. Um, for me, yeah, he was definitely the Leafs' best player out there. He looked good defensively as well, and in the last minute of the game, or last 30 seconds of the game, he was the guy behind the Ottawa net, grinding it out and uh, killing a lot of valuable time off the clock. Um, to me, they, the Leafs just—they looked, they yeah, they looked like they got a little comfortable, and and the momentum, you know, uh, shifted to in Ottawa's favor, and and a little bit of the inexperience that the Leafs' uh, fairly young lineup has. Uh, started to show a bit. Reimer, uh, you know, probably could have saved a, a one or two of those goals, but he didn't exactly get a lot of help. Uh, he was kind of hung out to dry in a few of the Yeah, the, both Alfredson goals, I'm not really sure I'd fault him. Uh, <clears throat> Alfredson's first was the, the shorthanded breakaway right out of the box. Um, the Sens clearly have the book on Reimer to go high glove, uh, but uh, seeing a few replays, Alfredson's wrist shot on that that particular play was just so quick that I'm not sure even if Reimer knew it was coming, he would have been able to stop it. Uh, and Alfredson's second goal was that uh, sort of slap pass from Carlson that Alfredson got a stick on in front and tipped over. Um, and so I, I don't really blame Reimer on that one either. And then the other three were all sort of scrambles and the Leafs are just completely lost in their own zone. And he, 
they got running around and they they took advantage of some some cross ice plays. I think maybe the only goal that he probably would have wanted back is the first one from Colin Greening that he was just coming in on the right wing and I think Reimer got a piece of it with his arm. Um, other than that, he he looked great in the first two periods. I guess the first five periods of the season, he's yeah. really carrying himself like a number one goalie. Like he just looks different in the net this year. That like he just obviously he was very confident last season, but he just looks so, he looks the part this year. Yeah, and doesn't that just give credence to the fact that the preseason's a little overblown? I mean, he he didn't look that great in preseason, and his his numbers didn't really suggest he was going to pick up where he left off last season, but. I mean, he, he came in, and, and like you said, the first five periods were just great. Absolutely. Um, I think you notice in the first period of the first game, he was pretty much the only reason the Leafs were still in it after that uh, period. I mean, that was a horrible period of hockey, but uh, he, he, he came out to play. And um, going what you said about preseason, I mean, Reimer had better stats than Carey Price in preseason. So That's know, true as just, well. Uh, and you didn't see anybody jumping on Price saying he was going to have an awful year. Absolutely. And uh, just just to add along, <laughs> yeah, um, I have liked the play of the of the defense. A little bit uh, disappointed at first that Cody Franson hasn't gotten into a game. Uh, I personally didn't think that Jake Gardner should have made the team out of training camp. Uh, and looking at the stats from the first two games, and and having seen him play uh, in person in the second game, he didn't really look that out of place. But I can't help but think that'd be a little bit better for his development overall to go down to the AHL and play somewhere between 18 and 25 minutes a night, as opposed to Saturday night where he played 12 minutes against the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. And he, he only played 13 against Montreal as well. I think he's a minus two right now, and uh, he, like you say, he didn't look out of place to me. He he had a couple good rushes, and you know he definitely controls the puck well and, and has a lot of poise when he when he does have the puck on his stick. But in my opinion. It definitely makes sense to send the guy down, give him, you know, play him with a guy like Ollie or, I mean, anywhere, uh, anyone in the minors. We've got a pretty deep defensive core down there as well. Uh, let him get the minutes, let him gain some pro experience because he's only played 12 pro games now uh, since coming out of college. So I think there'd be no harm there. That way you get Franson. Franson's definitely an NHL player, whether he's, uh, you know, top six or, or top four. Doesn't really matter in my opinion. He's definitely an NHL player. And uh, and the team doesn't get any worse with with him in instead of Gardner. Yeah, yeah I, sorry. Go ahead, Ryan. Thanks. Uh, when you look at this Leaf team, you know you look at all the most of the players, uh, younger guys. They've they've done their time in the Marlies, uh, with the exception of Shen, of course. And uh, I think you know to to allow Gardner to go down there would be the the best decision. Um, you see it with all you saw it with Bozak, um, and you're seeing with Colburn and Kadri uh, last year. Yeah, for sure, and 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 just as the defense as a whole, I mean, this goes even for the forwards. Uh, the two-way play is great, and and you've seen that on the penalty kill. You've seen that with the additions of guys uh, like Steckel. Uh, they've come in, and and they've really Dupuis as well. They've they've bolstered this team defensively. So um, I'm pretty happy with with where they're standing at this point. And it's early, and the sample size is small, but overall, uh, the Leafs defensively have looked uh, much better than than. At points in the last three seasons with uh, with um, Wilson as the coach. And on, on that note, one guy that's really stuck out for me, uh, obviously Dion Phaneuf. He's had a, a tremendous start to the season. Uh, goal and two assists. He's plus four, which is one off the league lead right now in plus minus. Um, and obviously had that huge hit. Uh, Dion's not the one who stuck out the, the most for me. I've really been impressed by the play of Mike Komisarek, and it's somebody who I 
you know, it was, I guess, an easy pick because he can't really get much worse than he did last year. But I had him pick to come back and have a, a huge year this year for the Leafs. And, and so far, in my opinion, anyway, he's looked really good. Yeah, I can't disagree with that at all. I, um, both Phaneuf and Commissaric are playing like guys who should be making 4.5. And I mean, I still think Commissaric's slightly overpaid, but you know, oh, definitely. Phaneuf making 6.5. They, those guys are the, the, the guys that need to step up and be your leaders. And so far, Commissaric has, has improved uh, drastically. He's, he's a lot calmer, it seems. He's still mean and he plays on an edge, but he hasn't really taken. I don't know if he's taken a penalty yet or not, but. Um, no stupid penalties. I mean, in the last few years, he's taken some really stupid penalties and uh, some that have really cost the Leafs, uh, you know, games, I would say. Yeah. Um, and just, I, I really like what, what Commissary did sticking up for, uh, not sticking up, but um, after the Phaneuf hit on uh, DaCosta and Felino went in to try and fight Phaneuf and Commissary jumped in and uh, as if to say, no, 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 you're not, you're not taking Phaneuf out for five minutes for uh for having to fight for a clean hit, it was um, showing that leadership role and taking the responsibility of I'll 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 fight and I'll sit in the box for five minutes if I have to, for sure. uh, as opposed to Dion. And the fact he didn't do anything to, to actually draw a pen or he drew a penalty, not to uh, not to take a penalty himself was was key there because uh, the Leafs ended up going on the power play there. Yeah, exactly. Um, moving to uh, up front. Um, Obviously, Kessel looked great on, well, really in both games. Uh, didn't get rewarded on the score sheet until Saturday night. Um, I've liked uh, Grabowski and Kuhlman look fantastic as expected. And uh, Fratton hasn't looked um, hasn't looked bad on that line, but he certainly hasn't. I, I don't find that he's really wowed me so far this season. He hasn't wowed me offensively, but he's he's impressed me defense or two way defensively. I guess he he does a lot of the little things correctly, and he kind of reminds me of Kuhlman in that way. He's not really a flashy player, but he he's not really going to cost you too much in the defensive zone or the you know the second or back half of the ice. Um, I uh, yeah, I mean a lot of the the forwards so far have impressed me. Lupul's the guy that has impressed me. He, uh, like Kessel, didn't really stand out um, in the first game, but he looked pretty solid in the game against Ottawa. And, um, you know, if, if him and Kessel and then whoever their centerman is, whether it's Bozak or Connolly or anybody else, if they can find some chemistry, then uh, the least having a, a, a two offensively lined uh, offense or, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I guess offensive push is, is going to be key to them having any success. Yeah, I was uh, I was really glad with the play of Kuhlman and Grabowski on Saturday night. I thought their goal was very well set up. Um, they look, I mean, their chemistry is unbelievable by the looks of it this year. I mean, sample size, of course, but uh, it's looked really good. Um, as for the fourth line, I really enjoy the energy they bring. Uh, Lombardi, of course, got that goal against Montreal, which was just just great for him and a great story. And um, yeah, they really bring uh, speed and, and uh, energy that um, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great point. And it appears as though, uh, based on some information coming out today, uh, with MacArthur coming back into the lineup, it looks as though uh, Orr and Rosehill might be the guys both to come out of the lineup, which would leave a fourth line of Steckel, Brown, and Dupuis, which I like because it's got a bit of size, but it's got a bit of speed as well. And uh, And we've talked about that. Previously, uh, in the last podcast, in fact, that 
Or in Rosehill, while they're important, they're not important, you know, for 82 games of, of the year. And, and well, Colton Moore sort of shut us up by scoring on Saturday night's <laughs> sure. first game of the year. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I mean, that on is pace for 81 goals. That, that is a very good point. Uh, th- but that being said, um, you know, they, sure they bring toughness, and you know, him and Rosehill might might bring three, four, five goals over the course of an entire season. But um, you know, if if you keep, uh, I'd rather, I guess, to say to to put it this way, I'd rather keep guys like Brown and Dupuis in a lineup on a regular basis. Uh, because they bring that speed element. They're guys that can kill penalties um, that you can trust out there. And with Steckel, a guy who can win face-offs and, and brings the size element to that fourth line. Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned guys coming back. Um, you said Orr and Rosehill, but as of right now, you know, MacArthur is expected to come back in, so you would think Orr drops out from there. Rosehill wasn't in the lineup on Saturday. Connolly is, they haven't really said so far, but I would... I would have to imagine that he's going to be ready for Saturday. It's still I, a week away. I would hope so. He he apparently hasn't been cleared for contact yet. No, um, but like we said, like it's it's only Monday. It doesn't take long after that. He could get cleared for contact, you know, as early as Wednesday, right? Or, and still be in the lineup Saturday. Uh, so that's if he comes back in, then one other forward has to come out. Then do you look at drop? Like then it could be between Dupuis and Fratton. Uh, have Lombardi up on the third line with Armstrong, uh, then have your fourth line of Brown, Steckel, and maybe yeah, maybe Dupuis, maybe Fratton, maybe Bozak, and then we're also hearing that Nazem Kadri could be back as early as Saturday. Um, so the Leafs are really going to have if if Connolly, MacArthur, and Kadri are all free for Saturday night. You have to imagine that Wilson is going to want to use all three of those guys, which means three out of Orr, Dupuis, Fratton, Steckel, Brown, Bozak come out. Yeah, and, and, and really and, not sure what what they're going to do with this. I guess it's kind of a luxury they have five days to think about it. For sure, but I mean, at that point, if all those guys are back, they're going to actually have to send people down to the minors because they're going to be yeah. over, over the roster size. And, and I'd imagine Rosehill and Fratton are the first two. I would imagine, yeah. I think uh, even even though he's playing well, I think Fratton would almost have to be ahead of Rosehill just because he's waiver exempt. Whereas Rosehill, I believe, would have to pass through waivers. Yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure about that one. And yeah, neither am I. But if that's the case, um, do you send Fratton down even though he's he hasn't looked bad? I mean, if he's not uh, producing offensively, then you know maybe he needs to maybe he needs to be sent down to find his offensive game, but. Um, at the same time, he he definitely hasn't played poorly. So yeah, but I think Kadri outplayed him in preseason before he got hurt, and just because Kadri played last year and he's first first round pick, I think that's enough reason for the Leafs to have not have to keep him, but it just uh, you know you've got to give him a chance to play here. There's not really much that he's going to do down in the AHL right now. I yeah. don't feel. Yeah, I I feel the same. Um, I think the bottom line is, you know, the coaching staff's gonna have some huge decisions to make over the next week, and it's it's good they have this week off. Um, it allows injuries to heal and uh, the the staff to make decisions, and I think we're just gonna have to see what happens in the long run. Yeah, I, I think this week off could actually, uh, even though they've they've won two games now, it could be kind of a blessing in disguise, just based on the fact they've had injuries and and actually Wilson tweeted the other day. Um, or maybe, I guess it was probably yesterday, saying that uh, the the fact that they came close to losing or, or dropping a point to um, 
to, to Ottawa actually is, is probably a good thing in that it keeps them humble. And they're mm-hmm. not going to go into this week-long break thinking that, you know, here they are, four points out of four points, and, you know, they've they've looked good and they've won a combined seven to one or something like that. Uh, the, the fact that they were humbled a little bit, uh, really against two teams that they, they should they should have, I mean, especially against Ottawa, they should have gotten four points or maybe three points out of the first two games. And, and the next three games are games that they should all get points out of as well. So um, while they should be feeling good about things, they shouldn't be feeling too good because there's still work to be done. And they haven't looked like a perfect squad yet, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely, which uh, I sort of agree with you because we mentioned during the third period of the game that these are the, those are the kinds of games that you need to win easily, and then they didn't really win it easily. They had a solid 40, 45 minutes, um, and then the wheels sort of fell off, so I agree with you that it is sort of a good thing that, while it is a game that they should win easily, the fact that they didn't will sort of snap them back uh, yeah. It mentally and and remind them that this is the kind of game that they they should win easily, so that they'll finish it off with uh, a full sixty minutes next time uh, they're in this situation. And bottom line, they they got the two points against Ottawa. They got the two points against Montreal, and and this week is going to be not quite as long as if they had lost both games. Can you imagine if? Oh, well, I, I had said it from when that schedule came out. If they went into this week off without a win, it's the same thing that happened two years ago. They were they had that point from the game against Montreal, but they had a week off in between. I think it was their fourth and fifth or fifth and sixth games, and they still didn't have a win. And it was yeah, for right. sure the longest week of the season because then they ended up playing dodgeball in practice with tennis balls, just trying to keep things loose because how like how much can you work on stuff over the course of a week? Especially yeah. when when you haven't like I guess when you haven't won, there's a lot to work on, but there's only so much you can do. And I, I think going in two and zero is is obviously more preferred than. Uh, than going in without a win, but uh, they've they've played well enough in the first half of the in the first half in the first two games of the season to not be overly concerned about anything. Yeah, and and the fact that the the first five games are all at home, and they've got some new guys in the lineup, they've got some new coaches. I think in a uh, the the opportunity to go uh, away, they're up in Trenton, I think, for three days to kind of do some team bonding and and team growing is is a really good thing. So. Um, I think they're going to be able to work on, you know, their penalty kill, their power play, work on some of the systems and, uh, you know, kind of grow as a team and get to know each other a little bit better for, for the new guys that have come in and get to know the new coaches a bit better. And, you know, hopefully they come come out on Saturday not looking too rusty from not playing in a week and rather looking pretty good and motivated to, you know, get another two points against a team that they, they can definitely do well against. Yeah, yeah, I think that's... Uh a pretty fair assessment. Um, when do you expect we'll see Jonas Gustafsson for the first time this season? Uh, I would say probably not Saturday night against Calgary. Uh, let Reimer carry uh, carry his hot streak a bit. But after that, they have Colorado on Monday and then a back-to-back home against Winnipeg on Wednesday. Boston on Thursday. Yeah, Boston. Um, I would say, I guess it sort of depends on the, the other games. Maybe the... Uh, the Wednesday against Winnipeg at home. I, I don't think I don't think you want to throw him in on the road against Bot, defending Stanley Cup champions in his first start of the season. And I guess since they have the back to back, that probably seems like the most logical uh, logical choice against a, a Winnipeg team that's not expected to be very strong. I'd actually say they're going to throw him in against Colorado. Um, just uh, not that 
they just want to see how he plays, and uh, you know, put it, not not to chirp Colorado by any means, but you know, they're they're one of a they're more of a weaker team. Um, I, I just I think that'd be the most appropriate time for him to uh, start. I think either, yeah, either the Avalanche game or or the Jets game. Uh, they're both at home. Um, I kind of agree with you, Matt, that playing him against Boston in Boston for his first game of the season might be a mistake. So um, I would and Reimer proved to have some success against them last season at the end anyway. So I would play personally. I'd probably play him against the Jets just because of the back-to-back. But uh, playing him against the Avalanche wouldn't be you know, wouldn't be a mistake in my opinion. Yeah, either. I think it sort of depends how the Calgary game goes. If Reimer comes up with another solid outing, then I think they let him run with it into Monday. Um, but if Reimer looks a little shaky Saturday against Calgary, I could definitely see them going with uh, with the monster on Monday. Either way, I don't think it's uh, a bad decision or the wrong decision one way or another. Just I think as long as he's in one of those two games, it's uh, it's good. They don't have another back-to-back until the first week of November when they play at New Jersey and at Columbus. Uh, I'm sure that will. I'm sure he'll get in again before that, um, because in my mind, I think Reimer should should have a lighter workload this year since he hasn't really played a full pro season. Last year was the first one, and he sort of looked like he may have been uh, wearing down a bit down the stretch. But you want to keep him as fresh as possible, and you also want to see what Gustafson has. For sure, I think um, a good split would be you know sixty. 20-ish, uh, or 61, 21, something like I'd go that. Even, I'd go even lighter than that. I'd would, go would you? between 50 and 55 for Reimer. Yeah, I mean, I guess... As really, his first season as an NHL starter, there's no reason to try and have him play 60. Yeah, I mean, minutes. for me, it really depends on, uh, I guess, how Gustafson shows when he gets the opportunity to play. And then, you know, we don't know about trades or injuries, um, and that obviously can affect... The, you know the decision greatly but yeah I mean I, I'm with you that a lighter workload whether that's 50 games or 60 games but not really much more than 60 games would be um, I think that would be the right way to go I think Gustafson can handle it and I think we both agree or all three of us agreed um, you know when we when we talk that um, that we think Gustafson can really you know, have a good season here and uh, almost a bounce back season, if that's what you want to call it. He, yeah. you know, he's athletic enough and, and talented enough that he can. He's he's you know he's faced some adversity, whether it's injuries or um, or otherwise, that you know have kind of uh, you know not been in favor of him. Well, not not to put any pressure on Gustafson as if he's listening to this podcast, but uh, never know. You know, he's he's got to have a bounce back season. I think that's what it comes down to. I mean, you know, they they. They haven't, they've invested in him, and um, it's really up to him to make his uh, claim to stay here and uh, fight for that number one job. And, I, you know, he doesn't really have much of an option. And he is in a contract here, so that's a, that's a very valid point. I mean, he's working for his next contract. He's trying to prove that he is an NHL-worthy you know, worthy player. Yeah, and here's something that I don't think gets talked about enough, um, which is kind of surprising considering the Toronto media seems to like to nitpick at everything. Um, what happens if... And obviously, knock on wood, I pray this doesn't happen. But um, Reimer gets gets hurt, or I, I would say, let's go with gets hurt because it's a, sort of a different situation. It's more prolonged if he struggles. Uh, let's say you know by the end of season or uh, week three, he gets hurt, and it appears that he's going to be out for a extended period of time. Do you think that the Leafs would be ready to go with Gustafson and Ben Scrivens, or would you sign a? Uh, 
a veteran goalie, a guy like Marty Turco, who's sitting around waiting for work, or trade for a guy like Evgeny Nabokov in New York, who doesn't look like he's going to see a lot of action with the Islanders. I personally think that I would, I think Marty Turco might be the first one on the list. He might be uh, the first one on the list, but I would definitely, if I'm Brian Burke and, and if I know what he, you know how he thinks at all, I think he'd take a step back, you know, give Scrivens the opportunity because Scrivens proved in the preseason he's kind of in a similar situation to Reimer last year in that he, you know, he played very well in the preseason and, and uh, Francois Lair seems to be pretty high on him. So if I'm Burke, I take a step back, I give him the opportunity, give him and Gustafson you know, a couple weeks, and if things start to go horribly wrong, then I'll look outside of the organization and um, and and either sign somebody or trade for somebody. But I wouldn't, you know, if, if Reimer goes down and it's immediately deemed that he's going to be out a while, I wouldn't go out the next day or the day of and sign somebody or trade for somebody, you know, kind of, um, you know, hastily, just because I, I think that could come back to, you know, haunt you if Scrivens or Gustafson is in fact ready to, you know, play more more minutes. Yeah, um, you got to look at when, if that were to happen, when it happens, you know, if it happens by week three, you know, there's plenty of hockey to play, so you're going to give them the chances. Um, if it were to happen later, uh, I'm sure they'd give them a couple games and uh, figure come to a logical conclusion of what to do, whether it be, and I think I'd go the route of signing, yeah, like a Marty Turco. Um, yeah. I think you know, it's important um, to note it depends I guess you're saying week three, you know, hopefully, conceivably, the Leafs aren't out of it by then, obviously. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. But it definitely depends on where they are, you know, in the season and where they are in the standings. If they're, you know, really, if they're in the playoff hunt um, or they're very, very close to it, then I think I'd be more inclined or I'd jump at the idea of signing or trading for somebody quicker um, just to bring in some experience and some stability. But at the same time, uh, you know, it, yeah, it definitely depends where where they are in the standings and where they are in the season, um, in my opinion, anyways. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, quickly, just before we uh, wrap up, any storylines from the season so far jump out at you, something that you uh, have found particularly interesting? Uh, <laughs> no, not not, not uh, particularly. Uh, not, I, I think enough's on a mission, and I was actually reading that uh, media sheet uh, you guys, there's Sean Snag from uh, the locker room. Oh, yeah, I guess we can talk about that in, in a second, Sean. No. Sorry, Ryan, continue. But yeah, um, it was something like four, the the team is 40, 46, 30, and, 36 and 11 with him in the lineup. And he just looks fabulous. I know it's only two games, but, um, you know, if, 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 if that's the record with him in the lineup, I think that's saying something. And I think that's saying that he, he wants to win, which is what I think... Uh, this team needs the most. Yeah, you know, that, a leader who really wants it more than anything. That's good, and uh, I I definitely agree there. Finuff looks like he's on a mission, and as the captain, he needs to be that player. He definitely looks more comfortable. You know, it's early and it's a small sample size, and we can keep saying that, but Finuff really looks like he wants to be a difference maker every time he's on the ice. And we kind of alluded to it or mentioned it, but that hit against DaCosta on Saturday night was uh, was a great example of the fact that. This guy, he can still play the, that quote-unquote Dion Phaneuf-style hockey. And, you know, even though they're, they're trying to crack down on headshots and dirty, you know, body checks, you know, he can still play that way and be effective and be, you know, legal about it. So, uh, yeah, that's that's definitely one storyline that if, if that progresses, uh, 
you know, in a, in a good way for the Leafs, and you know, he can he can make a, a huge difference. A storyline outside of the Leafs uh, for me that jumps out without really thinking about it too seriously would be um, some of the injury problems happening in Montreal. And there's a team that uh, a lot of people are saying, you know, they are in the playoffs before the season. Uh, you know, they're a team that a lot of a lot of people see being in the in the playoffs at the end of the season, but. Uh, they're facing injuries once again, and it seems like they are every year. But um, they lost Camilleri last night to uh, to Winnipeg. I'm not sure how long he's expected to be out, but it looked pretty bad. I think in my I think I read that he'll be out at least or roughly two weeks. Was spot, two weeks? Was, okay. Was Spotcheck that hurt too? Or I, I'm not so sure about Spotcheck. He he looked like you know it could be something minor, but um, the two week thing for for Camilleri is almost a little surprising to me because it looked like he got sliced pretty bad, and it kind of reminded me of Dion Phaneuf's injury last year against uh, Ottawa, actually. Well, um, this was what I read last night, so that could have changed. And I and I haven't read anything, but they're already missing Markov. You know, um, and Campoli out from uh, from when they played uh, Toronto on Thursday night. So, um, if that's you know, everyone's saying if the Leafs are going to make the playoffs, somebody has to drop out. And there's a team I'd be keeping an eye on. You know, sure they've got Carey Price and and uh, and you know they made the playoffs last year with a battered lineup. But um, you know it's early and everything. But I would look at them as being a potential team that the Leafs can. <clears throat> uh, you know, chase and and then kind of steal their spot for the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, we'll uh, we'll mention, I guess, you heard Ryan say uh, the media sheet that that Sean snagged on Saturday night. Uh, we were given a tour of both dressing rooms um, from our good friend Tim Correa, who works inside uh, the Air Canada Center in the visiting uh, locker room on game nights. Uh, and it was very, very cool to go inside and see. I, I snapped some some photos and video, which I'm going to uh, put together in a little blog uh, sometime today. Uh, so that should be on the site as well um, if you want to take a look at inside the least dress room. That was, that was definitely uh, the highlight of, of our night, I would say, Sean. Absolutely. It was a very cool experience. And um, we were, it, was, it, was a, it was a cool um, experience in that we... Uh, we had to wait outside the Ottawa dressing room for, uh, you know, the players and the equipment to clear out. But we we got a good look at every uh, Ottawa player, and you know they were obviously not happy, and um, you know were pretty. They seemed pretty down. Uh, I don't think it helped that the first thing they saw when they exited the room were two Leaf fans wearing blue jerseys and <laughs> wearing Leaf hats and smiling. But, I had no um, problem with that. Yeah, we obviously had no problem with it. Um, we uh, we were fortunate to kind of bump into Matt Lombardi in the Leafs dressing room, and he, uh, yeah. as, as everyone you know, kind of mentions, is very seems very humble, very soft spoken, and very nice. And you know, we didn't get a really a chance to really talk to him, but um, you mentioned Matt. You know, it was just nice to have him in the lineup, and he seemed very gracious and uh, like a great guy. So, yeah. Uh, the other thing that we noticed is Dion Phaneuf is not that tall. He's not that tall, but he's jacked. That guy. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. he's got he's got beautiful legs. I gotta say, his calves are <laughs> his calves are they are uh, they are defined. So Johnny, no, he, Johnny Drama over here loving the calves. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, he. Uh, I yeah, he he wasn't quite as tall. I think you and I were both taller than him, and we're maybe six two. So I think he's yeah. listed at six foot three. I think saying I'm six two is generous, but yeah. So, but I guess saying he's six three is also generous. But he's, oh, it's extremely generous. He's definitely uh, he's a big guy to say the least. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to skate through the uh, skate over the blue line with my head down. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing I noticed is that nobody wears ties anymore. 
I think it was maybe three or four Senators players that left the room. I don't know if maybe they had thrown it in a, a bag since it was post-game. Maybe they were to the rink, but not from the rink. But I, don't know. I think like Milan Mahalik, Chris Neal, and Daniel Offordson were the only, so obviously the veteran players, were the only ones to, uh, to be sporting ties. Maybe it's a, a young person thing. They well, don't, I'm they sure don't I, ties anymore. I still like wearing ties. I'm sure after a game like that, I'm, they probably just want to get out of there, go home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. They had been on the road the night before in Detroit as well, and, and it was the same kind of game. Looked awful in the first two periods, and then come back fell short in the third. Um, anything else you guys want to throw out before we wrap this up? No, I'll just uh, throw out my Twitter handle real quick, Sean O'Vision, S-E-E-A-N-O-V-I-S-I-O-N. I wish you all a happy uh, Canadian Thanksgiving, happy Columbus Day down in the States, and uh, follow me at uh, Rosudo99, uh, R-I. CCI UTO 99. Awesome guys. Um, so yeah, you can uh, you can find our Twitter links at the bottom of the post uh, from the blog on leafswire.com. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. This has been episode two of the Odd Man Rush podcast for leafswire.com. On behalf of Ryan Rasudo and Sean O'Callaghan, I'm Matt Nicola Antonio. Thanks for listening. Get your duds in order, cause we're bound to cross the water. Heave away, me jollies, heave away. Come get your duds in order, cause we're bound to leave tomorrow. Heave away, me jolly boys, we're all bound away. Sometimes we're bound for Liverpool, sometimes we're bound for Spain. Heave away, me jollies, heave away. But now we're bound for old St. John's, where all the girls are dancing. Heave away, me jolly boys, we're all bound away.